Mel Gibson is uh, Bong Smile. Mm-hmm. I like that one. What, what, what site are you on, Joey? I feel like it's this wor- anagram generator is like it's biased what? towards using the word bong. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, uh, wordsmith.org. Maybe created by weed smokers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh, just prepare to uh, it, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. Wee. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. <laughs> I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch unbelievable goodness. Welcome, Pacers fans. You were listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. This is episode 554, coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. This show, we're going to discuss five-man rotes. We're going to get dig deep into what's not working and so uh strap in it's gonna be a long show <laughs> or what you oh, so strap on it's strap gonna on. be a long strap show on. strap on right yeah. it's gonna be a long show we're gonna have uh, some stats we're gonna got we gotta get some of those um undegoogables if we got time new nicknames uh, for players new, new nicknames uh joining me this show are two of our three analysts coast to coast like buttered toast First, from the high school home of Jameson Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Uh, welcome back, Joey, or should I call you DJ of Rug? Yes! I get that a lot. <laughs> uh, from Indianapolis, Indiana. He's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks in the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? Um, I'm hoping by now it's been a better week. What is up, Undebeatables? Um, having fun with this, uh, what would you call it, generator, I suppose? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, we put in Karis LeVert. Mm-hmm. Um, and it probably, so, because this this will be a, a, a slight a window into my brain and I apologize. So Levert in in French I believe is is the green, right? Lavert, right? Mm-hmm. So then I was thinking what's the green, which would be money. And then so what would you call money? You'd call them the Benjamins. And so then um you would call uh Benjamins um like Benny and the Jets, right? And then, so you'd call him the Jet. And then I realized that the Jet was already a nickname. Mm. So I'm going to go back to the anagram of what Joey revealed to me, visceral art. Yeah. Um, which is pretty solid, although it's a mouthful. So I'm thinking I'm just going to go with visceral or, you know what, maybe the Viceroy. <laughs> 
I feel like all the nicknames you have, there's no way that anyone's going to get from point A to point B. Unless they go through your brain. And that's a, <laughs> Which is a, a, is a long not journey. Not recommended. Yeah. All right. So the Viceroy, the Sauce, 8-Track. Viceroy to 8-Track for three. <laughs> oh, Bogey Corner Pocket. I don't know. <laughs> I did anagram Jason's name, and uh, my favorite one so far is uh, Splatter Joint. Ooh. <laughs> Splatter Joint? Splatter joint, yeah. Yeah, that's solid. Yep. I like it. <laughs> if you'd like to get more of this show uh, in your ears, uh, you can support us over at patreon.com slash undebeatables um, for as little as a dollar per month. And uh, there's some bonus content out there. If you need stuff that's... Uh, uh, less polished than this, um, you can. Uh, uh, Colson, you you posted some stuff. There's a there's a, a private Slack channel. Um, you posted a a, um, a bonus show into there. Yeah. Um, Become a Patreon. So, uh, get yeah. some bonus content. Um, you can vote on the the new T-shirts I'm I'm designing. Yeah. Um, you I I. It's gonna say "strap on" on the front. I just want to know how big it's gonna say it. <laughs> oh, you're just you're just voting on the font, right? Yeah, the yeah, font, yeah. Size. font and size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we'll have we'll have that poll up there for Patreons. Okay. <laughs> we might have to uh, hit hit the. Uh, we might have to hire your marketing people. But, um... uh, we don't have money for that. <laughs> chicken and the egg you know what I'm saying um alright so we've been to the, the the Pacers they've been bad and uh I think last show was Jason or uh one of you gentlemen uh so the, the team looks like five players that are all playing fine on their own but they do not look like a team and Jason was that was that you yep. it seems like something you'd say um, uh, Colson, you're you're big into these uh, these five man rotations. Do you have numbers that uh, you know are gonna bring light to some things, or you know what's what's most effective, what's not effective? Um, is Jeremy Lamb still seeing the floor too much? Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's hardly seeing the floor, and um, as far as the numbers bear out, that's okay by. The numbers. I, I think yeah. uh, Jason's really. I, like, I do like Lamb, though. Hey, look, I, I do too. Um, I'm sure he's got a cool anagram name. Uh, something about uh, limbs. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> no, I think I feel like Jason made a really good point um, that we've got decent guys, at least together. They're not making the impact that we need them to do. Um, the. I went into the five-man lineups. This is on Basketball Reference, and we'll give you a link to it. What they do is they take five-man lineups and they put them against the, the, the teams they're playing, and they'll do a plus-minus on points, on rebounds, on field goal percentage, on steals, on assists. And you get a sense on how well a five-man unit plays together. Um, and our number one, star, uh, our, our number one lineup, uh, according to points... We're plus 25 points with this lineup. Is uh, Demonis Sabonis, Miles Turner, uh, 
Duarte, 8-track, and uh, uh, Brogdon and McConnell. That is our most productive uh, lineup with points. Uh, they're also plus 12 in offensive rebounds. Well, no, uh, 6 in offensive rebounds, plus 12 in offensive rebound percentage. And plus 14 in total rebound percentage. Twist, plus 12 in assists. Plus 7.7 in steals. This is a very, very good lineup for us. It's, and it's only played uh, 18 minutes. So Really? Yeah, which is surprising. Um, our second biggest uh, point-getter lineup is uh, McConnell, Brogdon, uh, Karis LeVert, Justin Holiday at four, and Sabonis at five. But uh, that team is getting destroyed on rebounds. Um, we're negative 25 in uh, defensive rebound percentage and negative 18 in total rebound percentage. Um, we do steal it well and assist well in that, that unit, but that that's not a rebounding. So as much as we talk crap about Miles Turner not being much of a rebounder, uh, it looks like he's important in our rebounding because our next lineup, again, Sabonis, Miles Turner, uh, Karis LeVert, McConnell, and Duarte, uh, plus 17 uh, in points, plus 21 in total rebound percentage. Uh, the next best lineup has is, is got uh, Martin in it, Keelan Martin in it, but besides that, it's the same eight names over and over again. Um, and the only time that the Turner and Sabonis lineup isn't in that is in that second lineup that I just read to you. So those two guys are our most productive lineups, at least at this team right now. I do believe you, Jason, when you said last week that the decision is going to be about which one of those guys to trade. And I'm just really nervous that we're going to do that and do it the wrong way. I mean, that's a valid concern, given the <laughs> the recent history of the front office um, that we currently have operating. So I'm there with you. I mean, so the caveat to these statistics are they're relative to the Pacers, right? So relative to the Pacers, lineups with Turner and Sabonis on them are good. I guess I'm curious if there's a way to do this analysis, and I don't even know if it exists, but like relative to league average or something like that, like how does that mm. – Lineup yeah, perform, so this is versus right? who we've played. This is not against the yeah. This is against other five man roads in the NBA. Right. Well, another way to think about it is like you know you 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 have levels of play, right? And like you could be at the top of our level of play, but like mm -hmm. you look at the rest of the league and they're right. up here or something like that, right? right? Like so. Well, when you're nine and sixteen, everybody's above <laughs> above you almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't disagree that, like, the – I think Carlisle is putting our best players out there. And I think that Turner and Sabonis, like, work fine together. But, like, it's the only thing that we're doing that nobody else in the league basically is doing is starting two big guys that big. Yeah, and like you may said, like, it's not like we're using that to dominate in the areas that people that traditionally – start huge lineups well this is the problem you know, right do. why aren't we i don't know 
if I were going in to, to, to apply for a job as a coach of the Pacers, my entire thing would be about how I'd make Sabonis and, and Turner work. That would be my entire pitch. Carlisle will have to pitch that because he's got a name. I mean, maybe. I mean, um, sure. I'm sure he pitched something. I'm not saying he's doing it wrong. I'm saying I'm seeing Sabonis take more threes than he did even last year, which was, in my mind, egregiously too many. <laughs> yes, um, I would agree with that. So, so what's what's happening? You know, we're not taking advantage of our size, and you know, all right. Now, I granted, I know that. Miles Turner didn't have a ton of post moves. So, you know, maybe asking him to post up against, you know, power forwards, small power forwards in this league isn't the right way to go. But, like, you could easily make those switches on the baseline and get Sabonis on the other side and get a smaller guy on him if you're if you're playing down low. But what always happens is we either have Sabonis or Miles Turner on, on you know, at the three-point line. And it, it's... Did we is is basketball so different that we can't? You're no longer allowed to take advantage of disadvantages. You just have to take somebody off the dribble and hit a three from the logo. Is that where we're at now? Like it used to be a chess game where my team is a little bit different than yours, so I'm going to try to force the, you know, the conversation. And if you right. force the conversation, yeah. then I'll adjust. But I feel like at some point we're not going in forcing the conversation. We're just adjusting. And that's why we're losing. Because we're not coming in with the force and the effort or the belief that we are the better team and that we're we've we've got more we've got something that you don't, which is two really talented big guys that are gonna make your life hard and two really competent part point guards and whatever. I know we're a little short handed with, with injuries, but like it feels like we're we're walking in with the mindset that we don't have enough. Yeah, I mean, part of it is, like, a change in the nature of basketball, right? Like, so, you know, we can put those two dudes out there. I guess you're right. Offensively, we need to make it happen. But, like, defensively, you know, typically when you play two huge guys, it's like, all right, good luck scoring on us. But, like, now you got dudes just shooting from the logo. And it's like... right. Having well, that was the whole the concern, right? Help you. <laughs> that was the whole concern, but I feel like Carlisle's kind of figured that out on some level. I mean, I see Sabonis getting put in a spin cycle a couple times on these pick and rolls, but like in general, like they're both pretty good at keeping up on the wing. You know, better than you. They're both athletic enough to kind of stay in front of a guy or at least slow him down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Miles Turner's an elite shot blocker, and Sabonis is at least big. Um, you know, I feel like on the defensive end, we're not getting burned as much as I thought we would, you know, which is, is, is what all the analysts and the previous, you know, you know, years we've been concerned about is the defensive end. I'm less worried about that. And I'm more worried about what we're doing offensively. That's what's interesting to me. I'll agree with that. I mean, so overall, if you look at our offensive rating, we're at what? One Oh, where to go? One Oh eight point one which is 18th in the league. It's, you know, mediocre by all standards. (laughs) Uh, My concern, as I mentioned in the the first half, is uh, performance in the clutch. Hmm. So if you look at our um, offensive rating, for instance, uh, overall, like I said, 108.1. 
if you go to the clutch, uh, which is minutes in a game in which we're in the last five minutes and the score is within five points one way or the other. Our offensive rating drops to 92.5, which is 24th in the league. Uh, Similarly, our uh, defensive rating during normal play is 107.8. And here, lower number is better. Right. Right. Uh, That's 14th in the league. Again, mediocre. That's fine. And in the clutch, it jumps to uh, 114.5, which is now 23rd. So our net rating goes from like you know barely positive 0.3 to negative 22 in the last five minutes of games that are close yep and we've played 15 games yeah when those situations arise yeah we're three and 12 in in those games so that right there is why we are not a good basketball team to me and then the question is, so what are the drivers of this dip in offensive rating and defensive rating? And if you sort of dig into the numbers, it's like not anything statistically. I think true shooting percentage drops pretty drastically. We go from 55% shooting to 45% shooting. But my guess would be that a lot of teams have drops yeah. in clutch minutes. Sure. So I don't know how that how that regulate or you know relates to the rest of the league. Um, but if you look at things like rebound percentage or turnover percent, it's not like all of a sudden we're just turning the ball over all the time, or we can't rebound anymore, or you know we can't pass the ball anymore. I think I, I mean our assist to turnover ratio goes down, but you know it's also like we're not making shots, so that makes sense. I think it's just we can't generate good looks in the in the last five minutes, and then we can't stop anybody. Right. So. <laughs> You don't do those two things, you're going to lose a lot of basketball games. Well, you know, so I feel like we've become a way more competent defensive team. And I feel like during the course of a game, we make people's lives harder. But we're not elite defensively. And so when teams get really, um, you know, when things are heightened near the end of a game um, and people are playing crisper or more adrenaline offense our defense doesn't stand up to it, you know? And I, I think that's the story that I've been trying to figure out. Why are we a better defensive team, but we're still winning these games on some level? I think overall our schemes are better defensively, but we don't have the, the force defensively at the last five minutes to match the force that other people are coming at with us offensively. And we definitely, definitely after watching all these games this year, don't have the force offensively to battle any of that. It, it really feels like we just, we could stay at our level of competent defense, but when other teams move up a level, we don't have anything to match it. Well, I mean, it's weirdly, it's like a microcosm of what we used to talk about with this team is that, you know, under the Nate McMillan years, it was, this is a team that makes life very hard for you and plays at a very high level of intensity in the regular season. But then when you get to the postseason, there's nowhere to go. You've been playing at your ceiling the whole time and all of these other teams are, you know, have a level to go up. And it's almost like in these games, that's what's happening too. Like we're playing at a ceiling level to some degree, you know, in the first half or whatever. And then 
as the game goes on, the other team is like waking up and starting to play basketball and like, like, okay, cool. Or they make adjustments at halftime, which we are still not adjusting to the adjustment, which is uh, killing us. It's just absolutely killing us. So we're coming out playing ceiling level, um, which is basically a 500 team. And when somebody makes an adjustment or gets in a clutch time, they can just easily blow us out. And that's why we're way below 500. Like, that's that's brutal. I mean, that that's kind of what it seems like. Kind of what we're watching, yeah. And it's not that I want to tell the guys to, like, all right, come out of the gate a little slower. <laughs> or, like, you know, like, I don't think that's the key to success. No. The, the key to success is figuring out how to, like, make that not your ceiling like i don't i don't think that is our ceiling necessarily but like yeah being able to match like you said the intensity or like the schemes that other coaches are coming up with in the last five minutes or whatever that it's like you know yeah we in the atlanta game they could get whatever look they wanted whenever they wanted it basically and 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 mcmillan wasn't even there which was probably a good thing for them well, on the end of the floor. But the stuff that bothered me, and I, and I get that it's hard to guard, is that you know people are pulling up from the logo and it's going in. Okay, well, you have to know that that's what they do, and you can't lay off. They're also setting triple screens, and I watched so many like defenders die on the first screen. Yeah, you know, and it's like that's effort to get through that screen. And the second screen and the third screen. And you just gave up on the first one. You know, like, there's a reason you're wide open for that logo three. Because, you know, my guy didn't fight through. And and that's the kind of stuff that's, you know, why the, the crowd starts booing. Right? Because mm-hmm. it's, basketball's hard. It sucks getting through screens. It does. It's not good. It's not easy. It's not fun. Does your, is your coach having you going under, fighting through, whatever your plan is? You know, are you switching? Are you not? You guys have to be on the same page. And whatever that page is, somebody's got to stay in front of a guy. And if he's going to be wide open, he's going to hit these shots because this is the new NBA. It's no longer where in the world where, you know, Reggie Miller and Ray Allen, two of the greatest three-point shooters in the league, were shooting three a game. You know, guys, uh, Sabonis shoots three and a half a game now. You know, so, like, you got to stay out on shooters. You just have to. You know. I want to trust Carlisle here. I feel like he's managing games where he's calling the right timeouts. But, like, what's going on? But why why are we not – why do we not understand that Trey Young can shoot from the logo? And why don't we have a guy on his hip all the time? And if the guys out there aren't willing to defend that, like a Duarte or a, you know, or a Brogdon or a Levert, why aren't we bringing in, you know, uh, a a Wanamaker and sticking him on there? I – I, I'm really, I really am ready to question everything on this team. And as much as I love Carlisle, I'm really concerned about what's going on here. To me, it's like clear that at this point, like this conglomerate of players is not working together. And that that doesn't mean that you know none of these players are good. Like I, I agree with you. Like you said on the last pod, like I like all these players. I think they are all good NBA players. But them as a collective does not, it's not a um, super additive concoction, right? Like it's, if anything, like doesn't even add up linearly to, to 
good basketball. <laughs> like, like they don't gel. There's no gelling that's happening, and it hasn't happened. It's been Can, is three this, years. Is this as easy? The last time that we had this kind of problem, we brought in Lance, mm-hmm. and it totally got us to the playoffs. Is this as easy as signing Lance for the rest of the season? I mean, signing Lance is never a bad idea. Right. But I'm literally that got us to the playoffs like four years ago or five years ago or whatever it was. And the next year was one of the most enjoyable teams I've ever rooted for. Um, Lance was the is is this weird spark plug crazy person, but he also just refuses to give up those kind of plays you're talking about, you know, at the end of games. He's not he's not gonna not fight through that screen. He's not gonna give up that rebound. He's not you know, he might throw the ball into the third row. Right. But he's going to fight for everything that, you know, down the stretch. Yeah, I think that's exactly the type of thing that we're missing on this roster and yeah. have been for since we had Lance, <laughs> basically. Yeah. 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 There's like the, you know, we have no knuckleheads, right? Like that. That's right. You know, we, we, we've basically, mentioned Pritchard that. has signed a bunch of smart, nice guys. You know, there's a reason you want one. Because it's a necessary component. It's just as important as having an all-star. Um, just as important as having competent coaching. Yeah. So, uh, okay, Colson, we got to, you know, talk about the elephant in the room. Of the two guys, of the Turner and Sabonis, you're Kevin Pritchard. You're like, all right, I just got to got to do something. These are the two dudes that I could trade and get the most assets back. For, for one sure. of those two dudes, right? A, which one are you trading? And B, why? I think this is a really good question, and I think I've sort of... And I'll walk you through where I've come out, but I, I've sort of already, I think, emotionally dealt with this, whether I've intellectually dealt with it or not. Sabonis is the better rebounder. Um, he's the better offensive player. Um, he's the better passer. Uh, he's got probably the higher basketball IQ um, at least um, his instincts for spacing uh, on the offensive end Miles Turner is you know when we when we drafted him we thought he was a unicorn because there weren't guys that could block three shots a game and also hit three pointers nowadays everybody can do that (laughs) but um, he has a special skill set and he understands there there aren't people that are hitting you know blocking more shots in the league than him and haven't for the last three years. He also runs our defense for what it is. I mean, there, when he's off the floor, we're terrible at defense. He matters a great deal. I remember uh, Donnie Walsh explaining why he paid Roy Hibbert all that money. He's like, I know what defense is worth, even if the fans don't. I'm willing to pay for that. Long term, maybe that didn't work out, but for a while we were the best defense in the history of basketball because he paid Ray Hibbert too much money, mm-hmm. you know. So, I think they both have uh, great reasons to stick around um, for this basketball team. If I were going to build around a basketball team, I think I want Sabonis. I think what he does offensively, what he does on the boards, um, what he does physically is something you can build around. But because our team is not building around that, 
because this team specifically isn't building around that, isn't utilizing him the way that, say, Denver uses utilized Jokic, um, I think Miles Turner is far more valuable to this team. Mm. I just think if we get rid of him, this is a team that can't play defense. Um, and I think even though we're, what, eight years into our relationship with Miles Turner and we keep thinking he's going to get better offensively or whatever, he's elite defensively. He is. And he's competent defensively or offensively. He can keep up with guys on the perimeter. He can hit three-pointers. He doesn't have a great low post, but he's got a great mid-wage jumper. I mean, when he gets confident and goes crazy, he's he has impact. Now, he's not as consistent. And I think consistency is probably what you want for a basketball team. But I think the team, the, the, the way that this team is constructed, you have to keep Miles Turner. I just don't think you can you can get rid of him because this team falls apart otherwise. Interesting. Interesting. That's not how we're expected you to go. Uh, Joey, what do you think? If you had to... I mean, I don't, I, I don't disagree with, with some of the words that you said. <laughs> I don't know what that means, Joey. Mm, it's worse I than it is. I do disagree with most of the words. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, Miles Harder certainly is, is, he is elite defensively as a shot blocker, and he does sort of, I mean, he does, you know, sort of command that defense. Um, but I mean, Sabonis is an all-star. He's, he's a perennial all-star. And if the team was better, there, you know, there, there wouldn't be, you know, we wouldn't have to play the waiting game um, for the coaches to get him in every every year, because he can do, you know, he's gonna score, you know, it's double doubles every night, it's, you know, Frico twenty five point or twenty five rebound triple doubles, um, elite passing, you know, he does it all, and I mean the one thing that sort of you know, makes me hesitate on, on some of this is, is, is like wh- what the trade value is of everybody. And I, I don't know what you could get back for Sabonis. That's going to be, you know, better than him. I mean, there's just not, there's not a whole lot better out there uh, for Sabonis and, and Miles Turner, you know, is, let's say he's, he's elite, but he's, he's much more skewed towards the defensive side, which I agree. Like we, we, we certainly need help there. Uh, but I think Miles Turner would be a better like plug-in player for a, for a team that's like maybe, you know, just needs to shore up their defensive. You mm. know, he's, he's a better like sort of plug-and-play kind of drop-in kind of guy because Sabonis is like a, a you know, integral part of your plans, you know, because he does, he, cause he does everything so well consistently. And if you with Miles Turner, you're like, just go out there and – block a bunch of shots and he can go do that. Um, but with Sabonis, I mean, he does too many things that you can't just drop him in and, and do that without like, without reconstructing your team. I, I think about Boston, right? Okay. So Boston is a team that's got two all-stars on the wing. Miles Turner and Sabonis, either one of them makes them a better team. They need a competent big guy. And both of those are better than any center or power forward they have. Um, and but, it makes them better. It makes them better in different ways. Right, but they're not going to give up. And I think up. Sabonis could fit in sure. uh, with the scoring of the other guys because he's an intelligent passer. But is, uh, is Boston going to give up one of their all-stars? To- no, they wouldn't. They well, would try to saying, give up like- a bunch of trash. And right. that's the thing about this league, right? The, the, the people that want that need a big guy um, have good wings that we could use, I suppose. But 
what are we going to... Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know how we're going to make this trade. I don't know what it looks like. I mean, obviously, uh, Kevin Pritchard is having a hard time formulating this trade as well because he hasn't pulled the trigger for three years. Three years. <laughs> right. right. So, um, yeah, I just... Uh, I was firmly in the Demontis Sabonis is the, the best of these two players, like... He does everything for our team. We need to keep this guy. He's more consistent. Um, until I was listening to the No Dunks podcast the other day, and Trey Kirby uh, threw out something that he had heard on some other podcast. So this is, this is multiple podcasts. <laughs> this is fourth uh, hand. Uh, telephone that we're playing here, but <clears throat> I forget who it was, but the whoever it was said, like, is DeMontis Simonis just – Nikola Vucevic, the next version of Nikola Vucevic, mm-hmm. not in the sense that they're the same type of basketball player, but like if Nick, if Sabonis is your best player, which I would argue he's either our best or second best player, what is your ceiling? Like, are you winning a championship with with Demontis Sabonis as your best player? And if not, and I think that the evidence over the past three years sort of bears out. That maybe that's not leading to championship level basketball. Uh, maybe it's time to move on and let you know fill in other pieces around him, or or you know replace him with players that gel better. I mean, because Sabon- I love Sabonis. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, this dude plays his. I think he's like the only dude on the team that like actually gives a shit when we lose games and like wants to win every game but i don't know that he has the capability to just take over games but if he's your third best player you're a really good team Mm -hmm. so how do you get that do you trade a uh miles turner for a competent piece and a draft pick is that going to make you better i mean this is my whole point this is why the trade hasn't happened right because nobody wants to give us anything else but a competent player and a draft pick. You know? And probably not even a first round. I mean, I think we'd get a first rounder, but like a heavily protected first rounder. Right, right. It would definitely be lottery protected. Be a lottery protected first rounder and a competent player. And, and you know, I mean, I think TJ Warren coming back and being healthy is the all-star we're looking for. It makes Demonisimos maybe the second or third best player. You know? I mean, on some level, we have to be patient, right? That's to be seen, though. Like, we, we've seen TJ Warren play really well in, in short periods of time. But, like, you know, let's let's get him. Maybe he's not going to play in December. we got to wait another month to see what he's going No, I got. know. But we, I think and we I don't were expect all him impressed back by to how like, well he played when we got him. I yeah, thought, I mean, I, we I all impressed. were impressed by his defense. I love He was in the Warren. bubble. He was scoring 50 points a game. Like, I mean, he's a he's probably our best player. I get that. But, like, look, man, like, we've seen you know, injuries ravage so many players. Right. And, it, look, like, I, you know, I'm hoping that they, they – you know, the two things. The the one is the the Pacers organization, you know, took the time to let him fully recover in a way that's you know best for his health, and and he's you know on the same track. But also, we got to see you know if he's capable of doing what he did before. You know, he was fantastic, but we've seen you know, look at Oladipo, who's 
you know, minimum deal is still out on, on injury. Like, and it's certainly a different thing, but like, you know, it, look at Paul George. I mean, he's, you know, washed up. Like, um, <laughs> I want to see what we got in T.J. Warren. Best case scenario, though, right, yeah, T.J. Warren is all-star level player. You know, think about what Phoenix would be if they had somebody like that on their team. Uh, <laughs> they might win 20 straight games, you know. Right, yeah. exactly. You know, a lot of this comes down to the business end of this and who 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 has what needs at what time. You know, like like I said, like um, I think Sabonis, you're going to get a better – you would get a better deal with him in, in the offseason when, when somebody's building a team and not trying to integrate an all-star like that late in the year. But I feel like ter- Turner's more plug-and-play, just go do sure. just one thing. and We're just going for the title right now. Yeah, yeah. For somebody like that, it's like, oh, we might have a real shot at this. We'll we'll give up something, you know. But, sure. uh, th- you know, that's – part of it just comes down to the, the economics and the, the market at the time and what the needs are, um, which is not a fun answer to give. But, um, I mean, yeah, he's got more of a trade value. He certainly does. But, um, you know, who, who's – you know, I'll, some some of these GMs are, you know, are, some of them can afford to be more patient. You know, some of them are not good at, at you know, at uh, playing these long games. And, and um, you know, I, I feel like the Pacers organization does not mind waiting. You know, I feel like they, you know, they're like, look, I mean, they've said repeatedly, of course, they always say, like, oh, you know, everybody's calling, everyone's calling all the time. You know, but we're waiting. We're waiting for the right deal. So okay, if the uh, fans continue to boo and the attendance continues to be low, at some point they're going to start panicking. Yeah, I was going to say, aren't we, aren't we just hemorrhaging? Aren't the Pacers just hemorrhaging money at this point? Like they're not bringing in fans. No, nobody's been going to malls for three years, so I'm sure uh, Simon is is feeling the. The hurt, right, like, and you can't you can't watch uh, the Pacers on streaming anymore because Bally Sports just took over and is still fighting with the streaming company. So, I mean, it's tough to build a fan base on this team. Yeah. I think they're probably in panic mode, just like I am. If they're not, then they're doing something wrong. Man, wish we would have traded Brogdon for Ben Simmons at this point. Really? Kinda. I don't know. I don't know. Ben Simmons is also like I don't know. Doesn't. Yeah, but at least it'd be like a different problem. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) if you want a different problem, you know, like I've been dealing with the same problem with this team for three years. Like, I'm ready for a different problem. Like this dude is the future. Like we just we said, hey, Malcolm Brogdon, here's the keys to the franchise, and he said, okay. Let's do it. But the thing is, he's he's real good. He's he's real good. He's so he's so consistently decent. We just need his the guy next to him has to be Lance Stevenson. Or somebody fiery. Or somebody who's gonna take the games by the balls. I love Malcolm Brogdon. He's been great, but you need somebody that is gonna lose their crap. Because he doesn't, which I appreciate. I'm I'm a quiet leader. I'm not a fiery leader until you miss enough defensive assignments, and then I'm gonna, you know, choke you out. Hey, we've all <laughs> felt the wrath. 
of Colson when we haven't, you know, got our undergoogables assignments down. And that's right. That's believe right. you me, guys, you do not want to cross that Rubicon. That's no. right. I sound real nice on the pod until <laughs> you know. Until you miss your defensive assignments. Because <laughs> normally, yeah, he's like normally he's like normally he's like Harper. You today, you're attacking Jason, and then Jason has to defend himself. And you know, if Jason doesn't uh, do a good enough job. Now it's Colson after him too. Mm-hmm. That's right, and then he's got two guys after him. Yeah, and one of them's actually scary, you know. Mm. Burn. Um, <laughs> hey, do you do you guys have time? For... I like you burned your yeah. You, you just call out your own burn. I burned you. Um, <laughs> I'm fine. I feel fine. Yeah. What are you talking about? Do you guys have time for a quick undergoogable? Sure. Why right. not? A short one. Yeah, I mean, mate, probably. Um, I, I Joey keep, sounds like I, he's got a burning question that he has. I do. Yeah, he really does. And I actually, I really wanted an answer for this. Okay. All right. Let's do it then. Oh, are we doing under Google Bulls? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to. You said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. Um, so here's the deal. Um, I went to go make... Um, we was going to make some rice in, in our house um, one night. And I, they just said, hey, can you make it? So I said, all right. So we've got a rice cooker. And it's pretty easy. When you, said, when you say they, you mean like your wife the, and your baby? The family. The, the, like family yeah, yeah. Was, the family was over. Uh, like ex- The, the baby know. said, I really need some rice right now. Yeah, he looked at me and he, and he, <laughs> and he said, and, you know, you don't, I don't need words to communicate with him. Sure, sure. It was sort of an, a look. So yeah. no pressure here. A household of uh, Chinese family members <laughs> told you, go make some rice. And well, he here's said, the um, thing. I've done it a bunch of times. <laughs> Okay. There's like four Asian women <laughs> that being like, like make rice perfectly. That have all have their long careers of running successful yeah. running restaurants. Like in restaurants. Yeah, it's yeah. not just like your average. <laughs> right, that's fair. No pressure at all. This is going so, great. So they say, I'm, having, go, I'm getting, I'm sweating already. Can, I'm getting can nervous. You, like, can you make rice? I said, sure. And I've done it a bunch of times. Um, I. Um, so we've got a rice cooker. It's just a mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's a machine that's you know, a utility appliance or appliance or whatever, like made just for that. So basically, on the inside of it, there's there's just the numbers, and essentially, it's you know, you put whatever amount of rice in there, and then there's numbers in there. You put the water up to the line. So, but here's the problem: I made the rice. It was not good, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, what happened here? And you know, it was like, it was really tough. And so there wasn't enough water in there. And the reason was... Like it was, was al dente? Or it was like, like it, it didn't get cooked all the way? Okay. Yeah, it was like al dente. It was not yeah, good like enough. Like a hard center. It was it's like, different than al dente a, pasta. The, yeah. Uh, don't think rice good, is not really al dente, that edible. But not in a yeah, good right. way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, so here's like the... eating the, seeds. The problem was <clears throat> I used a measure, like a cup of rice um uh-huh. but the deal is there is a cup that comes in with your rice cooker and it's also one cup 
but it's a different size cup. Um, so I want to know why there's two different size cups. They're both called cups, and they have a different, like different volume of measuring. So they're not interchangeable. Okay, this is interesting because we we just had this debate in my household um, a few weeks ago as well because we have like you know like Pyrex things with a handle, which uh-huh. is what I use to measure liquids, and sure. then we have regular measuring cups which I use for dry goods because in because in my uh, ex- or understanding is there it's different right there is a, a a liquid cup and there's a dry cup, but. Jill was like, "No, that's stupid. A cup no, that, is a cup. That, that's, yeah, and, a cup's a cup." And we looked it up, and she and she was right. right. A cup is a cup. A cup is a cup is a cup. Yeah. Like it right. doesn't matter. Yeah. Like it just feels different in the picture. Exactly. But a cup's a cup. Right. Right. So I don't know what's going on with your rice cooker. Well, it's not the cooker. The cooker comes with its own cup. Is that what yes. you're saying? Yeah. Like they is all it, do. How would? What is? Is it, is it like? How does it work? Is it like inside it? Is it like hanging off the side? Like, is it come yeah. in the box and you just yeah, keep it like, nearby? It's just in the box or whatever. And then yeah, I mean, we just put it in the we just put it in the drawer. And then when it's like now, I put them in the same drawer. And I know when it's time to make rice, I use the specific one. But when I'm making literally anything else, I use like the you know measuring cups, you know. Or, but or it shouldn't have, matter, right? Because it's ratio of rice to water. So if yes. you use the, the same cup, right? So you measure a cup of rice with a rice cup or rice cooker cup and then two cups of water. No, no, no. So that's uh, actually not. So in the rice cooker, so they have lines in there. So it's like says, you know, one, two, three for like. So it's essentially if you do one cup of rice, bring the water to this line. If you have two cups of rice, bring the water gotcha. to this line. Okay, sure. And so if you're using a different sized cup then that that marking does not account for that you there's know there's no different size there shouldn't be a different size cup is it yeah, is it that's literally why I, called that's why i'm here cup? john is it literally called a cup or is it just a cup that you're calling a cup no, no, in no. your head it says it says like the number one is yeah all, exactly is this a kleenex tissue situation <laughs> exactly like, it's use like the, use the use the cup and it's capitalized in that. <laughs> it's its own thing. It's a cup with a K or something. I don't know. Right, exactly. Um, no, and I, I measured them. They're they're different. Like uh like you oh, the, so you put water in one and Oh then yeah, I put other? water in that one and then I poured it into the cup and then they're different. So I did you the, pour it into something else to figure out if it's like in you know in some different ounces or something? I don't know. Uh, no, I just I, don't, I just poured the rice cup. I fill up the rice cup one with water, and then I poured that into like a measuring cup, and then they were not. You know, I, was it, the, it was the, more? the rice cup was full, and then I poured it into the measuring cup, and it was not full. Okay, you know? so the rice cup is more, uh, less, or less, less, less. Yeah. And so what happened was, which makes sense I, for if you took a dry measuring yeah. cup and put a right. thing of rice, right. your ro- yeah. water to rice ratio was off. Right. Was exactly. Less, yes. Right. So there was more rice to water than there should have been. Right. So that's what had happened. Um, I think you and just got a a janky uh, rice cooker. Well, no, that is not that is not true because when I use the 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 cup that comes with it it's perfect every time no, no i know what i'm saying is that it's some sort of off brand that's created its own version of cup no it's the brand they use in the restaurants it's just the smaller home version 
Yeah, no, it's like it's the same one Mikado has. It's just a, way smaller. I mean, the issue is but that the it's the bigger a, one probably a, uses an actual cup. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's a it's a verbiage problem. It's your machine. They shouldn't say insert one cup of right for every cup of rice. Do yeah. this much. They say for every scoop. Yep, every scoop. Sure, that's right. Using our scoop. Our scoop. I completely agree with you, Jason. I think that is the answer. They've created their own scoop ratio that works in their smaller version of things, and they just called it a cup, even though it's not literally a baking cup. It is a scoop. Yep. And that's the answer. That that tracks. I but they're evil. I just don't know for doing it. I agree. I just feel like (laughs) well, it comes to it comes from the the. problem of the fact that we use the word cup as like a which is a general term right like a cup is a cup i go to the the cabinet and get a cup to drink some water coffee cup but somehow that is also like an official measurement in baking is one cup or whatever which is a problem we have in this this is the problem we have in the freaking america right They, they don't they don't do baking with cups in in uh other countries right no, right, yeah. If you watch the Great British Baking Show, they weigh things. They're yeah. like, how many grams of this? Yeah. How many, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, this is this is basically, you know. Um, so this is America's fault. This is. This is, this, is, okay. this is feet versus meters. This is. Um, or England's fault. And then after that, our fault. Because mm. we didn't switch to the metric system. Right, and I assume if he's got some sort of rice cooker it's probably not being made by somebody that cares about the uh, American system of uh, of you know measurement. Well, what it could be is the instruction manual is you know if it's uh you know manufactured in China or or know, even or even Japan. Sweden because they're on a metric system, you know. Right. So they're just translating their instruction manual. Right. And somebody's like, oh, cup, like use the cup. Right. And, and our stupid English brains, American brains, because we, in our world, a cup is like an official measurement. But like, it's oh, also a cup. coffee cup, and it's also a drinking cup. Or it's a whatever water cup. cup came it's with your rice It's also a maker. cup that covers your balls. Like, there's a ton of things that it, a cup is. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. It was a long walk. Good work. All right. For not so, much payoff. <laughs> for for a balls joke. All right, Joe, you went on a field trip. What did where did I you did. go? I went to go look. We actually had used it this evening, and um, I I wanted to just look and see on the on the inside where the markings were. I wanted to see if it actually used the word cup, and it does not. Um, <laughs> it sounds like your family judged you for something that you assumed, and 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 yeah. rightfully so because you're um, you know a white dude. Um, and then it was wrong, and now yeah. you're so just embarrassed. So what we were discussing in the break, it. Joey, is that probably, or in the break, while you were on your field trip, is probably like in Japan and Asia, they don't use cup. Cup is not a measuring thing. They probably are on the metric system, and they use X number of grams of rice per n- numbers of milliliters of water. Right. And so to make it easy, they they've created a scoop. Versus these lines. a scoop and a line that you fill it to. But they call it a cup right. because of the translation. It's like a two-to-one volume. Right. So here's the deal. Um, there is 
the standard so the the, the a rice cup is 180 milliliters and the US cup is 240. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, a huge difference. That's a big right, difference. It's like it's it's like 25%. Uh, yeah. That's why your rice came out bad. It was not good. And I also well the thing that like that made it personal for me was the fact that I like I didn't, I, I, I kind of made dinner less uh you know less good for like a big a large group of people, you know. It was passable's not the right word. It was uh it was edible. Look, it was edible. This, this is an understandable mistake, though, and I think you. I, I think what this undegoogleable has taught us is that you should forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because this is this is one of those things where languages get mixed up, and it's a uh, you know, it's not your fault. It's it's the history of uh, human culture. Well, so it's yeah. also the race cooker people could understand that there's an entire market of people that play by different play by this weird cup rule and they could just make their rice cup scooper an actual cup and well here's the problem is that well a couple things about this but like the uh, so like in japan where where this one's from so, so if you've seen like in, in Japanese restaurants, they have um, uh, wooden sake cups. Mm-hmm. Sure, um, it's the same size as those. It's the same volume, so it's um, like the same historical. Um, oh, I see. Size, so it's like a cultural thing. Okay, there. All right, and me. also at this point. Everybody like we have multiples at home too, but like anybody who's had other rice cookers, you just keep that thing, and they're this. Those are all the same, and so everybody, uh, everybody already has a bunch of those at home, so you don't have to use. Um, like we've got a. We've so got basically, a you just grabbed the cup out of the drawer when you should have grabbed the the uh, rice. Yeah, we had the other. Rice. We had the other. Rice we had the rice one. I just the other one was. There. Here, here's grabbed, what I'm thinking. You know. I'm thinking uh, super glue a magnet to the rice cup, and then just have the the, the cups magneted to the the rice cooker at all times, so you don't get mix them up. That's an option. That's an option. That's my that's my theory. You just it's always there. It's always right there. Or always do you know scoop your rice in whatever you're gonna scoop it in. You could use a sake cup. You could use. Mm-hmm. You know, a coffee cup, and then use the same thing to fill your water and do mm-hmm. two to one. It's all about ratios. It's all about it, no, no, no. Yeah. Well, the thing is, well, if if you're using the rice cooker, it's it's got the the water in there. I, I don't even know what the ratio is. I just put in. It's two to one is the ratio. I'm pretty two sure. to one. Uh, I don't know in a rice cooker, but in top, general, it's yeah, right. stove, stove top. We don't. Two to one. So I don't. We don't generally make it on the stove top. We have two rice cookers in our house. We've got a, a new style and an old style. Mm. Don't mix up your cups because it sounds like this is uh, an issue. No, I, I've I learned my lesson. I just didn't know why. That was the thing. You think I'm going to make that mistake again? So it goes back to Maybe. old old Japan sake cups is the answer basically. Yes. Okay. Probably Falcons, but yeah. <laughs> Probably <laughs> Falcons. Well, you uh, should have called us because we would have we would have uh, we would have to help you through this. Man, that's that's all me. My bad. <laughs> I don't know. That's 
I would have done the same. I think I did do the same thing. I think I had a rice cooker at one point in time and could never make a good batch of rice because I was doing the same thing that you were doing. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, why is this thing Why is this work? thing good, right? Why is this thing and a thing? Well, and then that was a, that's the thing. Like, one of the reasons I wanted one in the first place was because you basically can't mess it up. Right. You know, once you've got If the, you do it right. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it's literally, you know, you take whatever one cup two cups three cups of rice how many people coming over or whatever you you know you, you take that much rice you wash it you put it in there fill it to that line and then you push a button and then you walk away right. and then i don't know half hour later you got perfect rice yeah i i was able to make rice to satisfy you know the the stingiest critic this is why I don't cook enough rice because I don't have a rice cooker. I get it's it's too much. It's I get so nervous doing it on the stovetop. I mean, I do it, but it's a lot of work. I need I need a rice cooker. Hashtag rice cooker. Hashtag undebeatables. Sure. Colson <laughs> gifts. Um, you, can you you could buy it through Amazon, which would give us uh-huh. a cut and then send it to uh, Joey's house because that's the only address you have, I think. I don't think they have my address. Okay, good, because that's not a good idea. Until you tweet it. For, you know, <laughs> so I until get, you dox me. So I can get my rice cooker <laughs> presents from the from the fans. I'm just saying, Pacer Nation, I don't have a rice cooker. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you would dox me on accident, and you wouldn't even... You would have no idea. <laughs> all right, gents. Well, I'm glad I'm glad we, we sorted that out. Um, Did we? I just... I mean, I felt we, like, we know about rice cookers, but we don't know which center to trade. And we also don't know why we're bad at basketball. But we could make you a good good cup of rice. Um, if you use the right scoop. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what we should learn about uh, Pacer basketball. We're just using the wrong scoop. Maybe. Mm, that got deep. <laughs> I have no follow-up questions this time. Um, all right, team. Well, I feel like we've learned a lot, and uh, we answered a lot of questions. Um, and I'm I'm just lucky, you know. The I just I don't know. I feel blessed that that we're able to have listeners that, that we're able to help so much um, in such a short period of time. We don't we don't charge anything for this, do we? This is like therapy for us. Yes. Oh, for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, I think uh, that should probably wrap it up for this show. Well, let's do it again. Maybe uh, for next Monday. How about that? Yeah. Uh, just, uh, Maybe, you know. Let me pencil you in. Don't have a baby for a little while. Do I, mean, I mean, I don't, I don't mean give away the baby you have now, but like, just don't have a new one because that makes you go away for six weeks. I'm still mad at, at your baby for that. <laughs> I'm not over it yet. But then you yeah. look at the baby and you're like, and then you're like, oh, oh baby's pretty cute. Oh, <laughs> think like, uh, ugh, like to thank you for listening. You can find us on the social medias. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. We are at hashtag rice cooker. Is that right? <laughs> Thanks. I think it's also yeah John's Christmas gift uh, <laughs> yeah uh, we are at undebeatables we're at facebook.com slash the undebeatables our website is the undebeatables.com 
Um, there's a contact form there. You can use that to send us a message. And we've got an email address. Shout out at theundebeatables.com. And we have uh, one Smedium shirt left for sale. Get on it. I'm, I'm, I'm still working on the new... Uh... We're gonna put this on 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 uh, on the internet. You can you can choose uh, whether you'd like strap on to be on the entirety of the chest or just like on like the left boob, um, or like as like a back tattoo. You know, like the uh, tramp stamp. The strap on might say it there. We'll see. We gotta figure out. We'll we'll, we'll let you guys choose. <laughs> I'm going to make the executive decision and say you're immediately fired from the art board. Uh, For the architect, Dunny Walsh, and the once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Sook Leonard, turn out the lights apart. D's over. He's allergic to good singing. <laughs> my my uh, my dad was asking me about uh, about yawning uh, tonight at the dinner table, and I was like, "Oh, pff, I know the answer to that. Have you listened to the end of Google?" He's like, "No." I'm like, "Yeah, we already got that in lockdown." So then he started telling me the stuff he'd learned, and I was like, "Yeah, we already knew that. You should just listen to the end of Googles." <laughs> Wait, he's not subscribed? No, he subscribed. It just uh, you your know, own I mean, father. <laughs> Yeah, just Your own father. Why would he? That's cool. The downloads help us. So. <laughs> yeah. we, he he hears me too much. He doesn't need to do it in his spare time. He's, he's off the clock, you know? Give the man <laughs> a break. <laughs> Wheels on the bus go round and round. Round and round. Round and round. Wheels on the bus go round and round. All the live long day. All through, all, the town, all, through the town, okay. all through the town, All through the town. I don't have kids. I don't know. All the little long day is what you do on the train, right? When you're just working yeah, yourself like to death. Yeah, I've been working on the railroad. railroad. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is a similar rhythm. It, it is. Yeah. yeah.